Welcome to the Friday Fraudster Podcast with Kelly Paxton, pink collar crime expert, Joe Irvin, your person for all things ethics, and Robert Barry, the guy who helps you ask better questions. Join them as they discuss sad, funny, and sometimes disturbing fraud stories. Be sure to catch past episodes on your favorite podcasting platform or go to www.fridayfraudster.com and grab some CPE while you're there. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 89, where there's smoke, there's fraud. And you know what? Today, Joe and Kelly look different, don't they? A little bit. All right. So we've got Thomas and Galena, and we got Carol here. Carol says, happy 2023. Happy, happy 2023 to you too, Carol. So look, before we get into it today, why don't you two introduce yourselves? Because, well, people have seen you guys. You're vets. But, you know, just in case somebody's new and they haven't seen you. By the way, before I let you guys introduce yourselves, let me just say this. I want you guys to send your well wishes to Joe. Joe has the flu. So Joe is, Joe is not feeling well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's a good thing this show is virtual because she can't spread it to us. <laughs> So, so Galena, ladies first. What's going on? Oh, thank you, thank you. Happy Friday, everyone. And um, I, I'm sorry that it's such a you know sad opportunity for me to co-host because your main host is not here. But hey, I'll take it. Um, Galena Gidry with ICAF Consulting. We help small, medium-sized businesses with risk management, internal controls, fraud investigations, and manage cybersecurity. Ooh. That's a lot of stuff. So, Thomas, what about you, man? I don't know. That's kind of a mouthful. I don't know if I can follow that, but I do find it interesting that all of us are here in Houston, and I've got a lovely uh, Houston versus all y'all shirt on. So, we're representing uh, very well today here in Houston. But uh, my name is Thomas Mullenix. I am the owner of Revision Management Consulting, or RVMC for short. Uh, handle internal controls, internal audits, both IT as well as financial controls and uh, fraud prevention, and Always trying to, to do something to help private businesses, uh, you know, prevent fraud and protect their, both their employees as well as their company. All right. So listen, guys, as Leslie just said in the comments, first podcast of the year off to a great start. Thank you, Leslie. We are so happy to see you. It's been a while since we've seen you. Stay tuned to the whole show today, people, because we've got surprises sprinkled throughout. So let me just ask, Galena, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been punched in the face before? Uh, no. <laughs> no, you haven't? Okay, 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 okay. I mean, my, my son butt-headed me, okay? My Ooh. son butt-headed me. So I can't say that I was punched, but it was pretty, I felt it. How did that feel? Oh, not good. Not, not, not good. good. Yeah. It hurt. It, it, yeah, it did not feel good. Where are you going with this? <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, you ever got punched in the face before, man? You know, I can honestly say I have not. <laughs> I've never gotten, never gotten punched, never gotten in a fight. Uh, so no, 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 I haven't. Now, you know, I, I might think, uh, I might know where you're going with this, but uh, I have been just popped in the nose by mistake, uh, especially when you have young kids. 
you know, their arms are flailing around, you might get hit, and all of a sudden your eyes, you know, well up, and it looks like you're about to burst into tears, and it's just a little bump. So I uh, haven't been punched, thankfully, yet. Yeah, well, you know, I think Hal's been punched in the face a few times. He says it really hurts, and he knows from personal experience. <laughs> Thomas, did, I, Hal, I, Hal, did someone from LinkedIn reach out to you? <laughs> You know what? Here's the thing. So, so Thomas and Galena, if you guys have never been punched in the face before, it must be because your bob and weave game must be real strong, right? So, <laughs> well, I'm a former tennis player, right? So, like, mm. you know, it's it's really I can swing, so it's probably not very smart to try and punch me. But also, you know, I'm a girl who wants to do that. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know. So, Mike Hurst. Good to see you. Mike says, if you're an auditor and haven't been punched in the face, are you even doing the job right? <laughs> oh, boy. Laura says she has two girls and they're the worst. They they roll their eyes. Right. Yeah. So today, some poor, unfortunate lady that we're going to talk about in the story the poor thing, she got punched in the face and all she was trying to do was stop a fraudster. That's it. Right. Could you <laughs> could you imagine trying to stop a criminal and getting punched in the face? A good Samaritan, a hero, yeah. a pillar. I, of I would rather get punched than, you know, shot at, stabbed, you know, you know, so, so there is worse than, than getting punched in the face, I guess. Yeah, that's true. What do you think, Galena? Worse things than getting punched in the face? <laughs> Anything that has to do with physical assault is, I mean, we're human beings, right? We have brains, we've got mouths, we have to be able to negotiate and get out of that situation. If, if you're involved in a physical altercation, you either haven't grown out of the teenager stage or you have issues, you know? So, yeah. Well, unless it's a fight club type issue. I mean, if it's a fight club type situation, that's different, right, Robert? Yeah, yeah, that, that's very different if it's a fight club type situation. So here's the question I'm going to ask. Yeah, you. we're definitely preaching to the right audience. <laughs> so, right, right. She's got jokes today, Thomas. You know, here's the question I want to ask you guys. So what do you think, and, and for those watching, because there's quite a few watching on LinkedIn, I got some surprises for you guys, though. <laughs> for those of you watching, what do you think should happen to a criminal who punched someone in the face that was trying to stop them from committing a fraud? Just type your answers into the chat. What do you think should happen to someone who punched a fraudster in the face? Now, while they are doing that, guess what? For everyone listening, we are now on YouTube. So you can watch the show live on YouTube. You can go over to YouTube right now and you can watch us. Now, what I'm going to do is drop a link in the chat so that you know where the channel is. Because I'm working on securing that audit guy uh, handle on YouTube. So I'm going to drop the link into uh, LinkedIn. The other thing is, if you go to FridayFroster.com and sign up there, you can actually get CPE right after the show is over. You will watch the show on my website, and then you'll answer two to three questions as soon as the show is over, and your certificate will pop up 
right there. And it's a special certificate. It has a little code at the bottom of it. And anybody that sees that code, they can go to my website and log in and verify that you actually took this course. So a lot of things coming. Sign up for my newsletter. I'll be doling out more information, but we are now on YouTube. So let's go and see what people have said should happen to someone who actually punched someone in the face. Now, Hal says, ask Rob a, a weird question. It's only fair. <laughs> Wendy said they should be arrested for assault. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Wendy. Nick says they sh uh, assault charges. Clarence is on the same page, too. They should go to jail. Charles is here, my man. Hey, Charles, man. Charles says it sounds like battery. Assault and battery? I don't know. Battery? Um, <laughs> has, has not, oh, man. Look, has here's what I want you to do. I want you to send me a, a LinkedIn voice note with how to pronounce your name. I believe people's names are important, and I like being able to pronounce people's names. So I'm, I'm not going to try it because I will mess it up. But he says, fraudster once, lo oh, once locked me and my team in his business factory premises. Wait a minute. Here's what I want you to do. Let's hop on the Zoom. I want to talk to you. I want to hear this story. This is, okay. If you guys want to hear this story, y'all type a yes into the chat. Type yes, just yes. Because maybe we can get him to come on the show and tell us the story. That is, Okay. Galena, Thomas, anything like this ever happened to you guys? I had people, when I walked in the office, it was actually like, you know, a restaurant. I had people that just left, that just took off running from the kitchen. So there's no kitchen stuff to cook for the day when there's no auditors. So I had that happen, but not like nothing physical. <clears throat> What about you, Thomas? No, nothing physical. Normally, it's uh, the other way around. You're sitting there, and all of a sudden, they start confessing to things that I didn't even have, I hadn't even uncovered yet. So, uh, but otherwise, no, I haven't, I haven't had anybody, uh, you know, threaten me or, or lock me up or attack me or anything like that yet, thankfully. I mean, the worst I've had happen is they call me ugly names. True story. When I was a young auditor, I had someone refer to me as, oh, you know, that audit guy in a derogatory way. That is partially the reason the name came about. <laughs> Fun fact. So everybody is saying, yes, they want to hear the full story. So link up with me on LinkedIn. Let's just hop on the Zoom, me and you, because I just want to hear the story. But <laughs> if you're OK with coming on the show. We could possibly do that, but I really would like to hear this story. Okay, so now that I've primed the pump and everybody's like, what in the world is Robert talking about? Punching people in the face and all that other good stuff. Let's get down to the meat and potatoes of today's story. Hmm. Don't even know where to begin you guys a 73 year old bookkeeper has been charged with stealing more than one million dollars from her employer one million dollars now let me tell you how she did it they say that she would issue checks from her employer to pay off her personal credit cards her personal home loan accounts and her son's home loan accounts how do you think she was able to do that, Galena? Thomas, how, how was she able to do that? 
You mean she was a big bookkeeper? <clears throat> she was a bookkeeper. Yeah. The job. Madeline, you talk about this a lot, right? You talk about this a lot, though. Yes, yes. Lack of segregation of duties. You know, it's well, not so, even that. I mean, I, I feel like it's more of a the trust issue, right? In my last LinkedIn post, it's I gave you know like the really ten uh, the ten nuggets, the ten bullet points of what's happening in a small and medium sized businesses, and it's almost like you know the owner just oh my gosh, thank God you're here, you're a bookkeeper. Here's everything you need to do. Here's everything you need to know, right? And I'm gonna go and chase the sales. So there's really no trust. I mean, there's really no verification. There's no uh, what if. It's like, here's my keys to the kingdom. Take it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Tom? Right, so I, I need everybody, whether you're on LinkedIn or YouTube or whatever, in the comments, I need you to repeat after me. Okay? Always review the bank statement. That's, that's, that's it. Just always review the dead gum bank statements. How many of these each Friday would we avoid if you would actually just have one independent person, preferably the owner, but if you have control of the bank account and have someone else do it, look at the bank statement or just log in once a week and check to say, hey, you know, did I pay someone else's mortgage today? Uh, you know, it, it should be so simple to do and yet people don't do it. No. <clears throat> Agree. I mean, with the ease of, you don't even have to wait for bank statements, right? If, if your yeah. business is somewhere in the woods, you know, and you still rely on bank statements, great. But I mean, everything is online. Everything is online these days. Check it out once a day and let your team know that you do that. But, and, and it doesn't even matter how big your company is, right? I mean, I, I'm still a solo company. I have independent consultants that I use. But every morning I wake up, I feed my cat so it'll stop bothering me. I make a pot of coffee. I check my bank statement or my bank account. Every single day I, I do that. That's the first three things I do every day. It, it's not that hard. It takes that long to do. It really is not. So let's get an update from our audience. Hey, he said done deal. He will connect on LinkedIn soon. So we will get to hear this story. And guess what? We've got our first comment from YouTube and it's actually just me. Just testing it, just sure it works. <laughs> but it's our first comment. And, and he's also asking a question. Was this person being audited? How did the auditor not verify such a transaction? All right, guys. So Hal wants to know if you will pay his mortgage for him, Thomas. <laughs> Hal, so you're doing it wrong. You need to connect with his accountant and the bookkeeper, not with Ooh. Thomas. <laughs> Hello? All right. So now let's bring this full circle because I started off asking about getting punched in the face and what would happen if someone were trying to prevent a fraudster from committing a fraud and they punched them in the face. Then I asked you guys what should happen to that fraudster. And many of you said that that fraudster should go to jail. Now I've told you about a bookkeeper, a 70 something year old bookkeeper who had been stealing from her company. She stole over one million dollars. Now you're probably wondering, how does all of that stuff tie together? Well, when she got caught or was about to get caught stealing that money. Hmm. You notice the title of today's show where there's smoke, there's fraud. Well, she tried to set the evidence on fire in the office <laughs> and she punched herself in the face to give herself an injury to say that someone had robbed her. So, so, so did you not get my fight club? 
I got your Fight Club reference. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Here I'm rolling my eyes at boys' references. Okay. <laughs> okay. But but wait, but wait. There's more. But first, what I want to do is hear from you, Galena and Thomas, what you think about this. And then we'll reveal some other things that happen within this fraud case, too. I think this is wild. I mean, I literally, I, I've never heard of anyone physically injuring themselves in order to cover up a potential crime. I mean, injuring yourself and then, yeah, and setting the fire, there's no way she was thinking this through, right? I mean, this was a panic situation. Oh, what am I going to do? I. Yeah, it's dumbfounding to me. And I actually found online someone uh, commented that supposedly knows the family. And they started talking about how great the family is, and how they help support all these different people, and they're good people. And, you know, and every, you know, there should be a reason behind it. Like, come on, you know? Most seems to be intact. <clears throat> I think the eye must have healed by the time this was taken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. It's like her; she looks fine in the picture, but they say that did they say that she broke her nose or just injured her nose? Uh oh, you know what? That's a good question. Now, I've oh, it says here broken, broken her own nose, broken yep, her own broke nose. Yep. She set fire to a filing cabinet and broke her own nose, and then guess what? She tied herself up before firefighters and police arrived. So. Oh, but there was one thing she did before that. Did you catch that? She was also. Uh, are you talking about what she filed? Uh, no, no. She, she was stripped to her underclothes before she was blindfolded and tied up. Oh wait, I missed that part. Oh man! <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Can't make so now, this stuff up. <laughs> so now Wendy says that she was creative, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, Hal says, if you punch yourself, there is no DNA evidence to test for. So it is a great plan. Now, that would only come from a Florida man, because, you know, Florida, <laughs> Florida, they are primo for coming up with. Uh... <laughs> but here, here's the thing, you guys. We aren't done yet. There's a couple more things that she did. So let's just recap real quick. A bookkeeper in her 70s was able to divert funds from her company to her own personal accounts and even pay for her son's mortgage. Now, that, that's a good mother, right? When she was about to get caught, she set the evidence on fire in her office, punched herself in the face, broke her nose, stripped naked, tied herself up, and waited for the police and the fire department to come. Now, I don't know about you, but I really want to see this as an episode on Law & Order. Since they are ripped from the headlines, this would... Uh, <laughs> Hal wants to know did she go to Disney with the broken nose my man Clarence hey man happy new year Clarence says depending on who it is many people believe the person that's why she did it yeah yeah oftentimes the person that is lying if they have a compelling enough story they get away with it for a short period of time but much like Scooby-Doo and the mystery kids you know 
you wouldn't have got you would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those pesky kids. <laughs> so now let me take a pause for just one moment and say to everyone, I need you guys to help me out. I need everyone to help me out. As auditors, we have a lot of tough conversations that we need to have. Some of us have podcasts, like my man Trent has one, The Audit Podcast, one of the best out there. I have a podcast, Audit Bites. You need to tune into it Wednesday. Wednesday is going to be a killer episode. Every other week, you're going to get a new episode live of Audit Bites. You're also going to get every every other Monday articles from me. But I want you to join a community, a community just for auditors where we can post questions, post polling questions, post articles. We can even go live just like we're doing Zoom inside this community. So I want everybody to go over to community.thatauditguy.com, community.thatauditguy.com. Sign up for it. That's what that's what I'm going to ask you to do. Speaking of Trent, I didn't even know you were going to be here today, man. Hey, of course you get a shout out, man. You were one of the first to have an audit-specific podcast, and you bring on very good guests. You don't do like me and just do it solo. I mean, what's wrong with me? Something, something is really wrong with me, thinking that I'm going to do a solo podcast. But that link, again, is community.thatauditguy.com. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop it in the chat for everyone. You know what's funny? Community. Okay, so now let's go back to our story with our young lady again. And I'm going to recap once more before I tell you the story. 73, she stole from her employer big time. After she stole to conceal it, she set the office on fire, stripped naked, tied herself up, broke her nose when she punched herself in the nose and waited for the police to come. So this last thing I'm going to say that she did is like the icing on the proverbial cake. She also filed for unemployment benefits for her injuries on the job. I, I wonder if that was planned or if it was just afterwards. She was like, oh, I can't work. <laughs> and, yes. and they came up with the idea to file for unemployment. Uh, actually, it was workers' comp injury. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, workers' comp. I'm yeah. so sorry. So after after she was released from the hospital, she filed for workers' comp injury. Yeah, that benefits. that made no sense. What I said. Thank you, Galena. We need somebody to keep me straight, and that's usually Joe and <laughs> Kelly's job. <laughs> so, what do you think, Galena? Thomas, what? I have to give the business um, props for whenever I've done a number of investigations in my life. And the one thing that small, medium, large businesses, all businesses, what they tend to do for the most part is they tend to have a knee jerk reaction and fire the individual. Mm-hmm. Fire the individual. And that makes the entire investigation nearly impossible. So I give kudos to this business for not firing this individual on the spot whenever they started seeing some irregularities, started kind of like sniffing around, trying to figure things out. They did not let her go. And because of that, they were able to um, 
do a full-fledged investigation, right? And I think ultimately she was convicted, right? <clears throat> but if you fire an individual before you complete an investigation, uh, there's really no repercussion. There's really no additional course of action against this individual that you can take. So well, good as to yeah, that. You know, I also know that that's a great point, Galena, because one of the other articles that I found uh, it said at first they thought it was only $44,000 that she stole. And then after doing a little bit more investigation by the, the sheriff's office, it sounds like they hit $600,000. Uh, and then now it's over a million. So it's definitely taken a lot of work. Uh, whoever it is that they brought in to do some of the forensics on it to be able to identify and really quantify this. Uh, yeah, they really stuck to it. And I, yeah, I give them all a lot of credit because yeah, forty-four thousand all the way up to a million—that's a huge difference. So yeah, they definitely they did it right. They did the right approach to make sure this was handled properly. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely correct. I mean, it, you know, when you start saying, "Oh, forty-four thousand, I'm not—it's not too bad, right?" But then when you start talking about hundreds of thousands and you eventually reach a million, you're like, mm. "But then, but from the business perspective." It's just so sad. Like that's from your bottom line. That is from your bottom line. It's Incredible. so easy to take that personal one. You know, I mean, that feels like yeah. a, a personal attack whenever, you know, when someone steals money from you. Yeah. I do have a conspiracy theory, though. You guys, help me out here and drop the comments. What do you think? So the, extents, the extent of her injuries were such that I'm almost thinking that she did have an accomplice, right? And someone asked if she did have an accomplice, and I bet you guys it was her son. Oh, so, okay, okay, Galena, <laughs> genius. So, okay, so I thought to myself she had an accomplice because I thought it had to be, it, 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 it's hard to tie yourself up, right? I missed yes. the part about her stripping down, Thomas, but I saw where she tied herself up. So I thought maybe she had gagging, a right? Gagging, you know, blindfolding herself with the duct tape, everything yeah. else. I mean, that's, uh, you know, a 73 year old can be in exceptionally good shape, you know, absolutely. But a lot of these things seem to be quite taxing or tasking. Yeah. So, but I didn't even, I don't know theory. why I didn't think it was the sun, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Hal says, oh. Did she apply for a PPP loan too? It's a good question. It's a, it's a very good question. Um, <laughs> now, Charles says, isn't the evidence the bank's records? What's in the filing cabinet seems less relevant. Yeah, but you know, Charles, at a lot of um, smaller companies, especially if they are family run, they don't do electronic banking. They still get the hard copy bank statements and look at them because that's the way they always did it. And you got to remember, too, she was a 73 year old bookkeeper. So she led the charge on how the records were kept. And so she probably turned off electronic statements or never even turned them on to begin with. And right. she probably kept the books and records on paper instead of using QuickBooks or something like that, too. Quick what? <laughs> Oh, boy. No. Uh, right. Now, Hal says that Trent asked him to do a podcast and then he punched himself in the face, too. So, um, yeah. Man, now today's story was real crazy, though, don't you think? 
It, it kind of came out of the movies in a way, or you know, at least a really bad TV episode, didn't it? Yeah. Now, I think in the beginning, Galena, both you and Thomas started list, l- listing some lessons learned, because I think, Thomas, you said, check the doggone bank statements. Okay, so let's let's wrap this one up in a nice little bow. What are some lessons learned for business owners and auditors thinking about this case? I mean, just, you know, what Thomas said, look at your bank statements, look at online right now, everything is online. Look at your online bank statements once a month, once. Okay. I'll give you once every six months, call the bank and ask for all bank statements. Don't say, you know, like I need the banks, I need a bank statement for this account, for this account, for this account. Very simple. The phrase is, I need all bank statements. And you know why we want to be as general as possible? Because you might find out that the bookkeeper opened another bank account in your company's name. So that's why you ask for all bank accounts, right? For all bank account statements. So do it once every six months. Or I mean, okay, do it annually if you're that lazy, you know? But at least do it. Please call your bank and see what what is happening, what is out there, what is in your name. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate what you say there, but but let's let's be real. Don't wait six months. Don't wait a year. Do it at minimum a month. I mean, it takes it. I, I didn't include what all I do in the first in the morning whenever I wake up. Let's put it that way. And it takes that long to be able to search and, and be able to check your bank account. Do that, you know, while you're sipping a cup of coffee or whatever you're doing first thing in the morning. It doesn't take that long. And yes, you know, definitely contact the bank, you know, okay, every six months say, hey, send me all bank accounts to see if there's something that you're not, you don't know of. But, it, it, and honestly, I think you should let your employees know, hey, you know, every morning or once a week, I check the accounts to make sure everything is good. And what that does is protect your employees. You're protecting them from the temptation of stealing this money. Because now you have the 73-year-old lady who's might be going to jail, but she's definitely in a lot of legal problems on top mm-hmm. of breaking her own nose, right? So she, now she has health issues as well. And if you, if he would have said, or the owner would have said, man or woman, hey, I'm going to be checking these accounts once a week just to make sure nobody outside the organization is messing with them, that would have stopped her yeah. from, from the temptation of doing that. You're, yeah. Don't look at it as you're trying to catch someone doing, you know, not doing their job. Yeah. You're trying to protect them from that temptation. <laughs> Well, yeah, make I mean, sure you do know. I, I have another, uh, you know, point. Make sure you do know how to do the bookkeeper bookkeeper's job. Make sure you are familiar. And until you grow to multi-million dollar conglomerate, you need as a business owner, you need to be able to do everyone's job. Before you scale up, you need to know how to do everyone's job, at least when it comes to money. Absolutely. You need to know what bookkeeper is reconciling every month, how you close your books, what is happening every quarter. You need to see where the tax statements are. You need to see all the taxes that have been paid. You need to sign off on all of that. Yes, as a business owner, you absolutely need to take control of the money. Um, Hassan made a fabulous point um you know routinely shuffle jobs or make people go on compulsory leave absolutely yes did this bookkeeper go on a two-week vacation was there a mandatory two-week vacation i guarantee you something tells me that she probably did not take more than three days off at a time yeah absolutely yeah so hassan makes some 
Very good points, as Galena just said. One, trust but verify. Two, external evidence is always more reliable than internal evidence and always routinely shuffle the jobs. Now, Hal had the most pertinent piece of advice there, there is. I'm sorry. For those listening on the podcast, this is a joke. Uh, well, it's good <laughs> advice, but not the most pertinent. Sorry, Hal. Have a fireproof filing cabinet <laughs> and have cameras so that you can watch your employees punching themselves. Um, now, I like this advice, though, to a certain extent, because you do want to have fireproof stuff, and you also do want to have cameras, but uh, but Hal, we love Hal's answer. <laughs> you know what? Then you could also put the videos of your employees punching themselves on YouTube, monetize that, and make yeah. some money off of it. There you go. Yeah. I mean, oh, I would love my to God. See the Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> we come full circle here. Uh, and, and Clarence says, check, but uh, verify everything. All right. So <clears throat> episode number 89 of the Friday Froster, where there's smoke, there's fraud. 73-year-old grandmother, $1 million missing. She did a bunch of bad things after she stole that $1 million. Um, she's probably going to have a, a, a heavy consequence to pay, but as we said, our lessons learned. Galena had a really good one. Uh, call the bank and ask them for all the bank statements. Don't be specific because you never know what you might get. Somebody may have opened up another bank account at the same bank and you may not know it. Thomas said, check your bank statements every day. Wake up in the morning, check them, and also tell your employees that you check them so that you know you protect them from themselves. Hal said, hey, fireproof filing cabinets and cameras. Clarence said, trust but verify. And uh, Hosnian said, trust but verify. External evidence is always the best. And shuffle those job responsibilities. Well, guys, I, I think we <clears throat> beat this one to death. Oh. <laughs> Terrible. I think we beat this one to death. death. Go to community.thatauditguy.com and join the community. I already see that Clarence has joined already. Yeah, I'm multitasking, you guys. I'm doing a bunch of different things today. Clarence and Nick have already joined, so the bigger we can get this thing, the more communications we can have with one another so that we can have our own support group. That is what I'm striving for here, for us to have our own support group of exchanging information and supporting one another. So, Thomas Galena, any last words before we sign off? No, enjoy, enjoy closing your books for the year. I mean, I know for many people, this is probably going to be one of the busiest, busiest times of the year, having closed the book. So enjoy it. I hope the process is going to be seamless. If you have any questions, books don't look good. There's some irregularities. Give us a call. Thomas, me, we'll figure stuff out. Maybe Robert too, but he's too busy. Don't, don't call him. Yeah. <laughs> And happy Friday, everyone. Thomas, last words, sir. Sure, last words. So if you if you have a business and you're not taking your bank account, obviously we said do that. I think we've beaten that up enough, right? But I also today posted over on LinkedIn a my internal controls guidebook that I created a while back. I've got it on my website. I've got it in other places. But I even posted the entire 27-page PDF in a post on LinkedIn. Go to my website or go to my, my profile, hit that post, download it, 
you have a ton of internal controls that you can implement in your and your business only the ones that you feel are relevant or would, would help your business but please take a look at that and even if you don't have a business download it share it with those that do and hopefully that can help prevent something like this from happening not just on the bank statement side but procurement revenue you know the, the whole nine yards so uh that's that's my last two cents there and for me if you have a large audit shop and you need someone to come in and train them, well, you know who's one of the best trainers out there. Let's just be real. If you have a smaller audit shop, still give me a call. IIA chapters, give me a call. One-on-one -on -one training via on-demand courses. Look for my website. We're posting more and more each day. Uh, in the next few months, we plan to grow to about 50 or so, maybe even more. Just depends. So, for all your training needs for auditors, I'm your guy. For a good book on auditing, how to ask questions while auditing, there it is right there down below. Ask better questions, get better answers, perform better audits. And with that said, see you all next week.